You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. I'm your host, Trent Fleskins. This week, I am on location for the second time ever in 209 episodes down in sunny, beautiful Mandra, one of my favourite parts of Western Australia these days. I've been reintroduced to it over the last couple of years through some summer holidays throughout Corona and I'm so happy I did because I've got a passion for the area that has ignited in myself and most people need to learn about this area again. Come back to beautiful Mandra, check out the property here and the one person that I think is most qualified to talk to us about how this market's going, how life is going in Mandra, is the director of the most successful real estate agency in Mandra and to be frank, probably Western Australia. Ben Hatch, how are you going, mate? I'm going very, very well, Trent. Great to be here, and uh, thank you for the lovely introduction. You drive down Pinjar Road, you hit Harcourt's Mandra. You got quite a few hundred sales a year. Give us some of the numbers quickly. Sales-wise, last year we cracked a thousand sales for the first time. A thousand and sixty-one sales for the year. That's hard to fathom. Oh, a huge, huge year, which was fantastic. Great effort to the team. So we're very proud of that number. You're nothing without your sales agents and your team, obviously. You run the show these days in terms of the office, but you've got sure. some heavy hitters in terms of sales agents, right? Do you want to give them a bit of a shout out, those guys who are pushing their big numbers? We actually got six of the top 10 representatives working from our office. Our big hitters are everyone from, well, Alison Hobbs, yeah, Michael Goodwin, the Harrises, June Robertson, Claire Seema. We've got everybody like that. Nicole Hindmarsh, they're, they're our big hitters. Mm. But uh, a lot of that is uh, depends on volume and, uh, and obviously value as well, doesn't it? Now, how long have you run Harcourts here? So we started Harcourts uh, 12 years, thir- going on 13 years ago, so 2010. That's an interesting time to be starting a business in Mandra. When we think about the history of the area on a property basis, that is been a pretty tough time in Mandra for quite a long time before COVID, hasn't it? Oh, 100%. So Harcourts Mandra was our second business uh, and we seemed to open businesses up when it was uh, in the tough times, but uh, <laughs> that's a great way to start. But yeah, we've seen a lot of changes in Mandra and, and we've, we've been very fortunate enough to experience different markets, which is great. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about the history of Mandra, but two types of histories, as we always do with a suburb spotlight. Firstly, more historically, what it was like when it first started as a destination to live in. We're talking decades and decades ago. Uh, And then also we'll segment it to what's really important to a lot of people the last 10 to 15 years because that's a story that's a national story in itself that everyone would know about Absolutely. right back 100 and something years ago why did Mandra become a place was it simply just the estuary yeah definitely yeah Mandra was known as a fishing village it started off with mullets it was mullet fishing there was prawns cobbler as well that was uh, what it was known for the estuary waterways were, were amazing and when was this this is 100 years ago isn't it I sold Sutton Farm which was uh, built in 1860 that was in Hall's Head so I sold that two years ago that was one of the original homesteads in Mandra. Big British population. Absolutely. There was a big British population uh, here and Secret Harbour seemed to pull a lot of the UK uh, up that way, but uh, but it's certainly coming back down here for sure. My mum grew up here 40, 50 years ago. She went to Pinjara Senior High School. It's funny to think that Pinjara was the district centre back in the day and Mandra was still that sleepy holiday town. People used to come for a holiday. It's hard to fathom. It's like how people used to go to Yanchep for a holiday. I hear you. And look, we did as kids. So mm. before we had, I grew up in Carnarvon, we used to come down every summer and uh, and stay in Mandra with our, with our friends, close friends. You definitely saw it back then. So if I go back to when I first moved to Mandra back in 1989, 
there was uh, there was twenty two and a half thousand people here. So that number has now approached ninety thousand. It's nearly quadrupled in size in in that period of time. It's had a lot of redevelopment, especially around the key. Do you want to talk to that in the last twenty years? What how it's really come on? I think Mandra really started to turn a corner and, and and be known when all the canals started to get built down here. So your Hallshead, so, your Port Bavard, Erskine. Absolutely, yeah. So the, you started, well, there was Yunderup in... in uh, you can't forget Yunderup. Yeah. No, not at all, not at all. That was the first one really, wasn't it? That and uh, the waterside canals in, in Dudley Park. So they were the first two to, to really get built. Mandra really got on the map when Port Mandra started getting built. So in stage one, Port Mandra, and there was a... Cedar Woods Property Group, where the developer actually got in here, got their teeth sunk into it, took over the development and, and made it happen. I still can't fathom to this day the ballsiness to develop a canal. It's not something that people are used to doing here in Western Australia. There wouldn't be many professionals with a feasibility estimate on what it costs to build canals. But look, they went and did it and it's changed the landscape of the area for the better. There's some fantastic, absolute mansion houses down here. I mean, think about it, especially in Hallshead and Port Bavard. The peak really seemed to be in 2006. What happened? Okay, if you really go back to those years, there was, do you remember Bernard Salt? So Bernard Salt, he made a few profound statements about Mandurah. It's the next mini Gold Coast. It was... Uh, we should be, let's be frank. It really should have been. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. And, uh, and, but what it did, like I was in a different, different industry prior to real estate and I, and I used to travel a lot. And it didn't matter where I went in the world back in the early 2000s. If I mentioned the word Mandra, where are you from? I'm from Mandra. Everybody knew where Mandra was. So everyone started investing here. If you go back in the early 2000s, and again, don't quote me on this, but I believe the owner occupancy rate down here was sitting at about 32%. And so then investment properties and all the properties that were bought up until 2006, seven, they were predominantly investment properties. So quite inflated. And I remember you telling me off air that median price in Mandra was more than the median in Perth. It That's was. unfathomable. That's how, how popular it got. Developers weren't releasing enough land at the time. There were so many people wanting to invest here. The marina was getting developed. And then all of a sudden, we cracked $610,000, I believe, in median house price. And the rest of WA was at six hundred. Perth was at six hundred, I believe. And was it the financial crisis that all, had it all come tumbling down? It did. That was a, a pretty sad time. So 2008, nine, we could see the writing on the wall. There were so many developers here. Mining was a little bit struggling at the time. So everyone got out of their investment properties and that was the first to go. Boats and investment properties down this way, they came on the market in bundles. It was horrible. I'm someone who will scout around RP data, M&G access, all the mapping services to have a look at who owns what and when they bought it and what they paid for it. And it does seem that the peak, especially around the uber wealthy properties in the area was 2006. There were properties that were selling for two and a half, three million dollars that when they resold at any point in the last 10 years or the 10 years since, might have been for half of that price. Definitely, yeah. Probably less than half. They more than halved. So we, we saw properties uh, that were worth $3 million on sale at $1.3 million only five years later. Certainly some sad times when people got out of the, uh, or needed to get out of Mandurah at that point. Obviously what it's done is it's created a market that nationwide people have recognised has absolutely dumped, right? Probably worse than any place I've seen other than Carratha sure. Post Boom, Gladstone as well over in Queensland. People will recognize that from the East Coast. And you're sitting in a situation that for the period of really more than a decade, most of the property in this region 
is selling for below replacement cost. A hundred percent. There's been such good opportunity down this way. We started to buy back in in the in 2012, back into the market. So it, we, we could see it was going to recover at some point. It's been a long battle. But one thing I would like to say about Mandurah is if you really have a look at it and go back. So when, I think I mentioned that number of 32% owner occupancy. So that was back in the early 2000s up until 2006. What we've found over the last sort of 12 plus years of selling in, in, in Mandra, we've sold 95% of our properties have gone to owner occupiers. So all of a sudden we've found people relocating to Mandra, making Mandra home. They're happy to commute to Perth. They've got fly and fly out jobs, or there's been a lot of jobs created down this way in, in the refineries and so forth. So we've we've seen a huge change in the in the demographic. The foundation of ownership here, and that look Definitely. that is a high correlation in property generally around Australia between high percentages of owner occupier ownership yes. and downside strength. You look at a suburb, for example, like Duncraig, like Wembley Downs, these sort of areas wow. people could understand in, uh, and relate to in Perth. Extremely high percentages of owner occupiers and even in the worst times over the last 10 years in Perth, never really have much of a drop in value. The closer you can be to representing that demographic split in your area, you have much more safety on the downside when things inevitably turn from a macro perspective. They're not in that position, obviously, in, uh, in Western Australia. We're looking up and up and up from here, which is fantastic. Uh, but to just recognize that, that Mandra has flipped from being an investor's paradise, a little bit like the Gold Coast, and has matured as a market, got to give you a bit more confidence. Oh, definitely. And it's given our team a lot more confidence as well. But just the infrastructure that's gone into Mandra with the shopping centers, the schools, there's so many, there's a lot of good private schools down here. Mandra Catholic College, so MCC, Frederick Irwin. There's a, a lot of tears to those schools as well in other suburbs. You've got Foundation Christian College. There's so many good schools that are down here. But then you've got the good public schools as well the falcon primary schools there's yeah dudley parks yeah meadow springs there's there's so many and lakelands primary schools you've got so many public schools that people are happy to put their children into which is great it's definitely changed it's uh, it's changed for the better like i said before it's such good value down here and and people are flocking down here for that reason let's have a chat about who's buying off you at the moment when i talk to number one agents of their areas like jack wormington like Shane Beaumont, these sort of guys, they re report to me quite often that more than half of their buyers are from the East Coast. They're investors obviously coming across. You're talking obviously about a high percentage of our owner occupiers in Mandra these days. Do you have a strong contingent of East Coast buyers and East Coast buyers agents pushing into this area yet? Definitely, yeah. We have for the last eight to 12 months now. And they've been a little bit of ahead of the pack in my opinion. In so terms of price? In terms of price and in terms of uh, getting their clients into Mandra. But what we've found there, it's probably a seven, I'm going to say a 70-30 split. So 70% are owner occupiers, 30% are, uh, is to the investor market. So we're seen as a place to live, which has been awesome. But yeah, definitely the Eastern States investors, uh, the buyer managers and so forth that are coming across here, they've certainly assisted with the recovery of Mandarin prices without fail. Well, I think what it always has done, and that's not just in Mandarin, but across the state, is it's a little bit of a foundational kick in the ass for the rest of West Australian investors and buyers to recognise that there is competition for property here. I think too often West Australian buyers rest on their laurels. They're too uh, risk averse often as well. And they miss the boat for a long time and eventually they realise, Jesus, people have been buying here for the last 18 months with a lot less risk aversion. And we're now 10% behind the game. We're going to have to put in a better offer here. Without the East Coast market, uh, I think there'll be a lot less strength in terms of buying power right now. 
Yeah, and, and I would 100% agree with that. So you, you notice in, go back to COVID when the borders were slammed shut. So yes, we were getting the, the sight unseen buyers uh, popping into into our area, but it is, it's changed now. They are definitely coming over here to view or there's their FaceTiming, et cetera. But I found that when the buyer managers or these buyers agents were coming in with their Eastern States investors into WA or into the Peel region, they were coming in nice and strong. Whereas uh, all, the, all of our WA buyers were missing out because they were accustomed to coming in low on mm. pricing. Then all of a sudden that has changed. So there are the the WA buyers have now cotton on that to secure a property. We've got to actually put our best foot forward. We've got to stump so, up. Absolutely. So Who's selling? Changed. I'm assuming a lot of your sellers mm-hmm. are burnt investors from a decade ago who would now now get into a point where they go, I can cop this loss, so I'm getting my money back now. We saw a lot of them actually leave the market like over the last 10 to 12 years. So yes, they are still there. But I, I think there's a lot of investors that are bought back in 2012, 2013 perhaps, even 2015. And, and they're yes, maybe they're a little bit burnt or they're just wanting to transition out. But it's they've found it as a good time to transition in a timely manner out of the market for new people to come in. But we still see people that are bought in 2006 that they're not getting their money back at this point. I remember looking three, four years ago in Mandra at quarter acre R40 development blocks and they were selling for less than $200,000 with wow. a house on them. This was like a kilometer from the key. You'd be back up to the 400s now, wouldn't you, for a lot of this stuff? Please Imagine please. buying four years ago. Perfect time. Absolutely yeah. perfect time. Yeah, there's, again, a lot of changes as well. A lot of the R40s got rezoned to R60 and R100. So, and that, I think that put a bit of pressure back onto developers not wanting to spend the money and develop. So it probably pushed the prices down again. But they've definitely started to recover. They're back at that 350 to 400 range for sure. Mm, well, I mean, and we, we saw, I guess, similar, and this is probably not a, a similar demographic, but even in places like Balga and Kundula, right? And, and I consider Mandra to be a more diverse and higher demographic in itself. Cool up as well in those price points. They went up to 500s back in the last boom, dropped down to low 300s, and now they're back up to four or 500s again. Mandra had even even more uh, wild swings than that when it comes to values. I think the one thing that the price point you struggle with on the development blocks is the fact that you still couldn't build something and have it, the price value be reflected in Mandra, could yeah, you? And that's you constraining supply, I would have thought. Definitely, yes. There's been a lot of supply down here for a long time and that has obviously changed now. The stock levels are low. But yeah, if you were to build a property now, so to buy a block of land, build a property now, would you get your money back? Yes, you would. Yeah, definitely you would. And there's there's a market for that new product and there's a scarcity now for that uh, of new product available. So people are now happy to buy a 30, 40 year old home again and renovate it or, or live in it. So there's uh, there's been a change in the, in the mindset of the market. If we were to think about all the suburbs around the greater Mandra area from Dawesville all the way up to you know your, your Silver Sands and, and these sort of places, and they were all your children, how would you characterize them? If you can go one by one, give them all a couple of key words. I'm going to say all your professional families and so forth in the Northern Corridor, jump into Port Mandurah and all the canal waterways, they're your, your business people and high-performance mining people, jumping into the Southern Corridor. I think you're, you've got a really good mixture of that blend in the Northern and waterways of Mandurah, but you've also got people who are a little bit more earthy, okay, more uh, salt, salt of the earth in those suburbs. So are you talking about specifically a, a Falcon, a one and up? Definitely. Falcon, one and up, yeah, Dawesville, yeah, those areas, Bouvard. 
So uh, it's still more of a fishing vibe, fishing shack yeah, vibe down there yeah, still, where you could have a, a weekend away and absolutely. feel like you're out of Perth. Absolutely, yeah. We, we definitely have that that vibe, and uh, and that is again that that southern corridor is is growing and there's a lot of infrastructure going in there with with shopping centers schools etc you're a bit vague here i want a bit more detail how about your silver sands how about your lakelands these sort of suburbs what separates them from a, a hall's head or a dudley park i think if, if they're commuting so if people are commuting to perth or or even commuting up to the airport a lot that separates those suburbs from Hall's Head. So you're saying they're more north-facing suburbs? They're the northern corridor, north-facing. They've got a life that's probably a little bit more connected to Perth, is that what you're saying? I would think so, yeah, absolutely. So I would think a little bit more connected to Perth, a little bit more travel required to Perth. Jump into Old Hall's Head, that's a different demographic again. That is a, a real mixture but uh, and a sought-after area. The rental space here, how does that compare to the, the buying and selling and also the general message and how the rental space is in Greater Perth? We don't have enough supply, so there's definitely anyone who's looking to buy in the rental space at the moment. It's it's a perfect time to do it, the perfect storm. You're definitely positive gearing on, I'm going to say, 95% of your properties that you will purchase. That's a good thing, and I, th- I do feel rents will continue to go up next year. We haven't even seen migration properly kick in yet, and the amount of jobs in the mining space, even the amount of jobs down this way, there's just a lot of room for growth. You were talking about nurses. We did hear a little whisper that there was uh, around 500 nurses that arrived into WA over the last uh, six weeks and obviously there are not enough homes for them to move into. We got somewhere around 27 applications of new nurses that were working in Perth that were happy to make an application for a rental property down here. And how many did you have available for them? Three. (laughs) (laughs) So that low. Yeah. Yeah, that low. Let's talk about development for a second. Do you see a lot of private development happening or are we still at a stage where probably the numbers aren't adding up yet? There actually seems to be a bit of money being spent down here from the, the larger developers. So on Mandra Terrace, in Mandra Keys, in Erskine, Dawesville, etc. So there seems to be money. People are gearing up to build again. So it sounds like the, the building market has levelled out a little bit. Prices are, are not so much come back, but they've levelled out. People are seeing the market being strong down this way for a little little time longer. South of the Peel Inlet, I would mm-hmm. characterise it still as having a lot of holiday destination. A lot of people I know go down here for Christmas, spend a week down in Horsehead or Warner Up, something like that, Falcon. A high percentage still of houses that I understand are rented out via Airbnb. Has that been a bit of a scourge on the rental market in this area? Look, I think so. I think uh, certainly it's you notice the last three or four years it's uh there's been more and more demand for that airbnb we also have seen a little bit of a shift where people are are wanting to get their property now managed for long term so we've actually attracted quite a lot of uh, long-term tenancies again back in uh, and and they've moved away from airbnb and and i think that's to do with the weekly rents have gone up uh, a bit more consistency they don't have to come down and arrange the cleaning painting the walls all the time etc so we have seen a, a change definitely in that space Hall's Head and Port Bavard can get pretty bloody expensive. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wouldn't realise that. I wish 20 years ago that the local area would have allowed for a lot more height. Give us a bit of Gold Coast about it because it would have really it would really help these days with regards to supply of rentals and, and holiday homes, especially holiday apartments. It is what it is, right? You have these beautiful canal-facing mansions and I would recommend everyone to come down here and check it out it is fantastic Thank some you. of those properties get into the two or three million dollar mark the really lovely ones they're getting back there again are you seeing uh, those types of properties that let's be frank three four years ago were sitting 
selling way below replacement cost because these are huge houses. Are you seeing them going a lot quicker now? Are your guys yeah. excited when they see a property like that rather than sweating on it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we've over the last 12, 18 months, you've you've seen a massive change in the waterfront market. So they've, they're selling a lot quicker. Prices are increasing. Like I, I would say the waterfront market has increased anywhere from 20 to 30%, whereas the rest of the market's probably moved 15 to 20%. So there's definitely been more growth in that space. And, and, it, and so there should have been as well. You also, you have to remember, we, we were fortunate enough to be involved with the, the very last of the canal developments in, uh, in Mariner's Cove at Dudley Park. So we sold the, uh, the very, very last house and land package off Cedar Woods, well, I'm going to say six months ago. So there's no more canal land being developed in the Peel region at all. So there's, uh, it's supply and demand, isn't it? There still seems to be quite a lot of canal front blocks that are vacant land there owned obviously for years is it an affordability factor is it just they're just investing i mean land is an expensive asset to hold as an investment when land tax and rates come into it east one and up for example the canals there there's still quite a lot of vacant land in those canals oh there definitely is and you find a lot of people bought with the vision to build and retire down this way there was uh, there was a lot of that for a long time and then there's a uh, there's people that have bought in the peak and they've paid a lot big dollars for their blocks and they've obviously still maybe 20 percent below what the peak of the market showed or what was achieving i think there's a lot of factors behind that what i am noticing at the moment is uh in, in our estate in mariner's cove so come back to the, the northern side of mandra or central mandra uh, on the waterfront is there there is a lot of builds going on when a block comes on the market bang it's sold and you, you're noticing right now the dirt's getting turned within six months it's changing it's changing again but i do believe there's a lot of people who are looking to retire down here that are still retaining those uh, those blocks and they've had them for a long time they have they've 15 20 years fun question in perth there's very much a divide culturally sure. north versus south <laughs> the same yeah. thing happened in mandra uh, I, I think so. I think uh, there's always been that north and south. Where, where are you from? In the northern corridor, southern corridor? Yeah. Do you ask that. the question? Are you north of the inlet or south of the inlet? Is that the sort of? Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and it's it's separated by yeah your Medora Bay, Silver Sands, Halls Head, Dawesville. Yeah, one up in Dawesville. So yeah, you you definitely ask the question. And uh, you're in the northern corridor, southern corridor. Where do you uh, live, Ben? Yeah, I'm smack in the middle. So I'm in uh, in an estate called uh, Mariners Cove in Dudley Park. Really close proximity to the town on the waterways, obviously. And It's a beautiful place. place. I just wish they picked place. a more attractive name than Dudley Park. Oh, All I think go. about is, is Harry Potter, right? And I mean, Dudley is not the most attractive name in the first place. There are so many better names that could have been picked for the you, for the place. Have you not thought about it? Not well, at all. Not at all. look, I advise everyone to go in there because there are beautiful, beautiful and very functional homes in there. But I just look at it and go, geez, you could have picked a better name. Dudley, I didn't think of it like that. And there's certainly some, uh, there's some quirky names and suburbs down here. But, uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try not to think of it the way you do, Trent. Last question. Median house price in Mandra, what is it? Median house price has just cracked for over 480000 So as we speak, I know $100,000 below the median house price of WA and what's that, 140000 below that of Perth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great value to get in here, high rents, uh, great place to be, and I would love to think there's going to be good days ahead. With that money? You had that cash in your hand today and you had to buy property cash today. Specifically, where would that be and what would it be? Specifically, right at the moment, I don't think you'll go wrong 
anywhere. Uh, if you want high growth, is uh, I, I still think you need to look at, at full blocks of land with with houses on. So and with the potential to subdivide or the potential to put a second dwelling on, I think there's always going to be good growth in that space. Where could you afford it for four eighty? I think most suburbs, so Dudley Park, I'm going to bring, bring that name up again. There's Dudley Park, there's Coodnups, there's Greenfields, there's old pockets of San Remo. There's so many pockets. There's Dawesville, there's even, you'll find pockets in Wanana, and that's in the newer areas. I don't think you're going to go wrong right at this very point of where you invest your money here. So you're su- suggesting that this area grows homogeneously. Generally, there aren't suburbs you're expecting that will do better than others. Right at this point, I would be very hard to name, but I think all the suburbs at this point in time are going to see, yeah, good returns. Final question, your favourite suburb, your favourite street in that suburb. Tell us where to look up on Google Maps right now and get on Street View and check out that street. Just based on the view and the locality and the history, I'm going to go Fairbridge Road in Old Hall's Head. Good luck buying in there. But I do have quite a few of favourite streets down this way. and uh, But I just love that one because it's, uh, it reminds me of the waterways and my, my lifestyle growing up as a kid. So a bit of nostalgia. Ben Hatch, director of Harcourt's Mandrub, probably the most successful agency in Western Australia at the moment, along with probably Sean Hughes, Real Mark Coastal, neck and neck up there and um, absolutely killing the pig, mate. Congratulations on having such a fantastic agency, such a coverage over Mandurah. My understanding is about a third of everything in Mandra gets sold in this agency. That's a pretty mean feat, mate. Thanks for sharing with us your Mandra life. And I hope everyone listening has a good look down here because it's been my perspective for a good 12 months now that uh, this place is on the way up. I really appreciate it, Trent. Thanks for, uh, for the invite. Love being on the show. I would love to give a shout out to my fellow directors as well in here so there's uh there's lee perry claire seema paul blakely and the entire team of harcourt's mandra it's uh it's been a great journey and a great success and we can we look forward to continue it success in mandra for sure so thank you very much for your time thanks ben thank you for listening to another episode of the perth property show if you've only just joined the conversation you can catch up by heading over to our website perthpropertyshow.com.au subscribing to the podcast or joining our facebook page Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!